Welcome to the MRX Influencers Podcast, where you come for the insights, but stay for the good times. I'm Dan Fleetwood, and on this podcast, I chat with the best and brightest minds in the research space. On this episode, I chat with Axel Kerstetter, who is a VP in the research space, a coach, a mentor, even a marathon runner, and he's really the go-to guy for anything pricing analytics, pricing research. So that's what we have a conversation about today. You also might hear some comments from Crystal Weiss, who is the director of marketing here at Question Pro. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Axel, hey, welcome to the show. Hey, Dan, great to be here. Um, although I, I'm not sure I am the man of the show anymore because of that build up you guys just did. <laughs> I think the place to be is at no. uh, our next day. Um, so, yeah, yeah, great job. I can't wait to, uh, to listen to myself. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. No, thank you. So for those who don't know, um, Axel Kerstetter, he is was a VP at DataSite, does, has done a lot in pricing analytics, pricing research. He's like the go-to guy for this. Every time I talk with him, I feel smarter. So Axel, thank you for that. And you humble a, me. You humble me. <laughs> he's a coach, he's a consultant, and he's a marathon runner. So I, that's something that also is interesting to me outside of the pricing analytics stuff. So yeah, no. Welcome, welcome. Thanks. Great to be here. Thanks, Dan. Perfect. So what what I wanted to talk about today, and obviously the theme for the show is you know pricing methodologies, analytics, and you know I think a good way to kick it off, Axel, would be kind of let us know how does pricing research differ from normal B two B research in your mind. Yeah, you know one of the things I always find fascinating is you have sort of pricing people and then research people, and uh, they don't always realize they actually overlap in a lot of what they do. Mm. But one of the um, big differences between uh, research for pricing purposes is that the intent of it is really it's supposed to be ongoing. Uh, preferences mm. change, competitors enter, uh, exit the market, new uh, capabilities are being launched, and so you kind of have to do on an ongoing basis uh, the polling of your audience of the market to understand really how uh, features, capabilities, services, etc., mm-hmm. are being valued. Whereas quite often the in, in B2B, the, the pure researching a, a element is a little bit more akin to surveying. So you go in one time and you understand on a specific need basis, what is it that people are trying to do? Um, mm. So that's kind of that's kind of one of the big, uh, big, big differences. Another one mm. uh, to highlight is also uh, in pricing, you kind of need to keep a cohort consistency uh, so that, um, you know, as when you do a little bit of research, um, you don't actually fully uh, lose the contact with uh, what did the audience tell you last time. And as you go into the next round, uh, Crystal, is it just me or did Dan go to have a bio break again? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> well, you can tell me, Axel. <laughs> I will I will just keep going and I no doubt Dan will be <laughs> coming back. There he is. There he is. We're having we're having some technical difficulties today. Woo, apparently. Happened to, happened to Crystal, happened to me. Today. So. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Sorry, so, Axel. Yeah, no, I, was, I was just saying one of the other things to look into as well is uh, a, a cohort um, commonality so that as and when you do your pricing research, you, you go back to the same people um, and understand their values as opposed to different people who may have different uh, characteristics. Uh, one of the big things in B2B in particular is, you know, thermographics. So understand how a person fits into an organization. Uh, what do they do given their profile within an organization? That sort of also gives you a bit of a feeling for um, how they perceive certain things and the value they attribute to them. Right, right. Now that, that makes sense. Do you feel like 
pricing research isn't done enough. Like it's almost done. But you need to do continually do. And I know you mentioned earlier that you know things change, the market changes. Obviously, you know pandemics happen, things like that. Do you feel like it needs to be done more frequently, or what would you say to that? Definitely, you know, um, uh, there's a distinction between. Uh, Crystal, you just joked about qualitative, quantitative, but at the very least, on the uh, on the qualitative side, um, you know, uh, whatever you can do, client interviews, prospect interviews, trying to understand their value perception is definitely an exercise worth doing. Mm. Um, it's 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 qualitative in nature, so it's an impression, an opinion, uh, and then as a pricing researcher, once in a while, you do need to uh, put that into a quantitative context. Mm. So if someone says, "Hey, this is worth you know fifteen bucks a month to me, whatever," uh, that's one person's opinion, but how right. does that now multiply um, across cohort, across segments, etc., to really get the feeling for uh, how do you uh, maximize your revenues or whatever your pricing objectives are? Hmm. Yeah, that, that's interesting. Interesting. So talking about you know some of the pricing research and so forth. What are some of your go-to methodologies, some of your favorite ones that you like to use um, in the context of pricing research? Yeah, I think um, maybe before I get to that, I think it's sort of also important to state, like, how do you get from, you know, um, a capability to then uh, here's a statement of work or here's mm-hmm. the actual price point, the sure. stages you got to go through. Sure, um, sure. And um, and so to me, that's sort of my mini methodology. You kind of first starting point, you know, uh, research the value and understand about how people are thinking about what uh, what does you do. Got to model it out, you know, um, uh, financial service perspective. What revenue is going to be yielding? Um, uh, it's not all about the client's appreciation of value. It's also uh, how do you maximize revenue or profit mm-hmm. or whatever you're trying to achieve mm-hmm. from a, from a sort of revenue objective. Uh, then in you know most sizable organizations, you have to implement it into systems, which is not an uh, uh, underestimated challenge. So right. update your ERP, update your CRMs, all that sort of stuff. And sometimes, um, hello, Dan. Um, sometimes <laughs> you end up, um, along the way, you end up uh, sort of having to make some compromise on the initial uh, pricing intention, certainly at the way uh, packagings are, are being established, just because there are inevitably system limitations uh, going to going to happen. Um, fourth step, big element. I'm sorry, Chris, do you want to say, ask something? Oh, no. I was going to say, uh, uh, like, how do some of those extra elements influence the pricing methodology you use? So if there are extra elements like packaging or, you know, experimental activities or, um, you know, like Airbnb experiences priced differently than Airbnb houses, like what pricing methodologies do you use based on almost the tangible goods of it? Yeah, I mean, look, if, if someone says, you know, um, uh, I associate, if you find out that, you know, there's an association of value of 999 um, uh, behind it, uh, uh, you can split that out in different ways. You can sort of d- d- divide it by 12 months, keep it uh, linear and keep it at one price point, depending on what system you have. Uh, and the example I give is a very basic one, but, um, you know, you have rounding issues to think through, you have uh, term issues to think through, you might have mm-hmm. to just make a compromise on what the initial ideal clean sort of pricing approach is going to be, um, uh, especially as you go down the weeds, there's a lot of things to uh, to look into. You know, commissions. If you need to pay our partners for certain things, uh, it does impact uh, how you approach the whole topic uh, somewhere. Wow. Um, but anyways, then you got communication. So train your sales team, train your partners, train the customer also on what the new pricing means, and then obviously over time you need to optimize it. But the question that Dan asked was, oh, research, <laughs> was all the way back. 
<laughs> you bring up a good point because I think we can maybe get to this a little bit later if there's time, but you do all this research, but you mentioned the implementation of it, right? I think that's actually a bigger, that's kind of a bigger challenge than I think you were alluding to in terms of getting everybody on board with these big pricing changes. So maybe if we can bookmark that and come back to it, if it, if it makes sense or we have time. After next day. Part two, how to implement. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, you know, you asked sort of about, about pricing methodologies or techniques. Uh, um, I think we already talked about the sort of qualitative, quantitative balance. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, certainly I always appreciate the qualitative also because it, it provides a bit of an anchoring. Um, so when you talk to someone, hey, how do you think about this? They will tell you, um, I think of it in such a way, and they anchor it against a competitive uh, uh, something or against sort of just a value appreciation. And that gives you a very good indication of, you know, what parameters can you can you work with? Anyway, so uh, uh, don't underestimate the um, uh, qualitative side. But for quantitative, you've got to go to question, bro. Right. Um, <laughs> because suddenly, suddenly you, you do need to take it to another level, which is just because one person, five, ten people say, you know, this is what it is, uh, you do need to uh, statistically validate it. Um, and so, you know, right. work with panels and, 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 and sort of uh, uh, go after it in that way. Um, should we talk about specific methodologies? Yeah, maybe just touch on a few that you think you know, yeah. would, be, would be helpful. They always have the funnest, the most fun names. And then Dan always makes fun of me for mispronouncing them. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's sort of, there's sort of uh, two different types, right? There's, there's conjoint and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and max diff. Um, mm-hmm. they, they're closely related in terms of what they do. Conjoint. Uh, it's pretty much about comparing feature preferences. So, you know, you prefer feature A or feature B, uh, and then B versus C and C versus A, and it gives you just an indication of how someone um, appreciates the the, the functionality. Um, Mm -hmm. It's not as ideal for the price representation um, because you can can put down feature A, do you want to pay this or that and that or that? But it, it, it's it's the, the context, the whole is missing. Um, mm-hmm. But it is mm-hmm. useful to understand what feature is driving value appreciation and which one is distracting uh, from mm-hmm. it. Um, even though, you know, a product is a product. You right. can't just take off a feature and then say, hey, you still have the same product. That's how it works. <laughs> um, take take the, the wheels off a car. Well, I'm not sure that's still a car. Um, and so, you know, uh, but within that, people appreciate the steering wheel, maybe a little bit more the electronics. Uh, it just gives you an indication as to how you should be messaging it and so forth. Right, right. Max, Max close related to, to conjoint. Um, but uh, it treats the um, features as a, as a sort of whole. And so basically you'd end up uh, ranking them, you know, uh, one, two, three, four, um, and that sort of gives you a little bit of an indication as to, you know, what really is is the in, in isolation the top element uh, that exists, which is really quite uh, quite a popular way um, in um, uh, the, the sort of uh, uh, silver, bronze, gold uh, type of an uh, estimation to 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 come up with uh, with a statement. Mm-hmm. Um, there are two other ones as well, um, Van Westendorp and Garva Granger, yeah, which these are, um, these are some of my favorites. So. <laughs> This is where Crystal's going. How do you pronounce yeah. it? No, yeah, we've had long debates, and then they're like, "Crystal, this is your favorite type." And I'm like, "I don't have a favorite type. I don't know." I joke because Axel, I think she has to have like a favorite question type, a favorite logic type, you know, these kind of things. So it's true. Yeah. Um, I think uh, one Van Westendorp, I believe, is a Dutch researcher from the 60s, 70s. Mm-hmm. Granger, I think, is two Hungarian researchers, also from the 60s, 70s. Either way. 
uh, they gave name to to that that methodology to those methodologies. Right. Um, so Van Westendorp, um, they they both utilize a similar system. They basically ask, hey, you know, how much would you pay for this? And that this needs to be described. That's the challenge here. It's mm-hmm. you know, in consumer goods. You need to be. I mean, so I did in the past. You literally provide the packaging. This is it. This is a packaging cereal box, whatever. How much would you pay for it? Mm-hmm. One will ask you, um, sort of, uh, uh, you, you know, top down. Would you pay this? Would you pay that? At some point, you get a no, uh, and then also bottom up. Would you pay this? Would you pay that? And at some point, uh, so no, 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 and then you get to a yes. Yeah. And 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 that sort of range, uh, people appreciate it differently. Will allow you to understand the the um, um, uh, sensitivity for uh, price, and that's really helpful. When you want to uh, sort of get uh, work within the parameters of, of typically for pricing strategies, you want to be premium economy skimming mm-hmm. uh, a penetration market, a uh, penetration uh, pricing, and um, it gives you room to play with because you can see these sort of yeah, you know, X X man will say yes, and then goes down to only one or two will say yes to that price when it gets really quite expensive, and mm-hmm. likewise also the reverse, uh, and it's really really powerful for um, establishing a sort of sensitivity. The other one, Garber Granger. Need to take breath here. Talking yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a sprint, um, Axel. Why would they? Sprint. Garber Granger is uh, uh, very useful for price elasticity, so mm. sensitivity mm-hmm. elasticity, um, and the uh, uh, elasticity model is is really quite helpful. It's kind of more more of a straight line that says you know volume times price, and that allows you to to do some some good work for. Uh, uh, estimating market share and profitability. So mm-hmm. it depends a little bit on what the overall objective that you're trying to graft. It's not always about you know what clients and, and consumers are, are willing to to, right. to pay, but it's also about the context of what as an organization you're trying to do. Right, right. Makes sense. And I mean, like to put it simply, would you use Van Westendorp when you're not really sure what to charge and then use Garber Granger when you kind of have a price but you want to see more of the elasticity and the, the nature of it? Is that... I think it's a good rule of thumb. Okay, makes sense. Good rule of thumb. Yep, makes sense. And then, so we kind of talked about, you know, like the purpose for each methodology and so okay. forth. What are what have you found is most helpful? Is it does it depend on the situation, or where you say like Garber Granger is definitely the way to go because we already have a lot of our prices figured out. We want to just kind of figure out where we can tweak them, or are you more of a fan of like Van Westendorp? Where I guess it depends on the situation, but what's what's more common in your in your estimation? I, I think uh, Garber Granger is a little bit easier to set up, and I think mm-hmm. people sort of uh, um, uh, find that a little bit easier. I I, I remember, uh, you know, when I used um, Van Westendorp uh, effectively, it was it was complex to set up, um, but the insight was so powerful. Um, right, right. You know, you could really uh, um, uh, understand very well uh, sort of various elements. We used it with a partner organization as well in terms of uh, helping them to, so we had to recommend the price, but they selected the price that they wanted to be at and they could work out, well, we are, you know, more expensive a brand. So that's where we select the, the premium element. Others went, went for, uh, for for cheaper mm-hmm. components. Um, but uh, yeah, so absolutely it depends on who you are as a company. Right, right. What are what are some mistakes that you see like project managers or you know market researchers make when in terms of pricing research? Yeah, so um, within within my domain, the sort of product management, product marketing uh, environment, um, mm-hmm. what I you know uh, I know product managers always love the the willingness to pay uh, statement, and I find that very unhelpful. Um, mm-hmm. It's not about how much are you willing to pay; it's about how much value do you attribute to something. Uh, uh, interesting. And, um, 
And um, as I said, you know, you might have a different perception, especially if something is super urgent. So, for example, you are uh, in, in desperate need of doing a COVID test because you're about to take an airplane tomorrow, then your right. willingness to pay is a little bit higher. And really, it's the value that you attribute to that situation a little higher. But just doing a COVID test out of the blue, well, you know, zero, I don't want to pay for it. Right. Um, right. Unless I have the need for it. Um, so, so that's one. Uh, segmentation uh, is, is sort of uh, critical to uh, just because you interview one, two, three people, um, they are not necessarily reflective of the entire market you should be going after. Um, you know, um, uh, men always appreciate things very differently to women. Um, and so you should really understand, you know, how do women value certain capabilities? Um, and, and quite often that sort of segmentation, which is actually a lot of work, is uh, is being skimmed over and skipped over. Mm-hmm. But I highly recommend to um, to do solid segmentation work. Um, and then uh, software, B2B, sort of my you know immediate background, uh, the tendency to think too much along the lines of that uh, good, better, best approach mm-hmm. and the three levels, um, that's not what pricing is about. Right. Um, there are there are other, you know, uh, ways to, to price things out, and and certainly, um, you know, a popular role based or admin user and, and reviewer user, and they you know, again value things differently. It's about it's about the revenue modeling. So you got to think a little bit more along the lines of you know, given the permutations we have, how much money could we make uh, out of different circumstances? Um, and popular right now, consumption. You know. Um, mm-hmm. Um, uh, pay uh, maybe a platform fee and then according to how much you consume or whatever you're buying uh, uh, sort of tightly uh, aligned with value with, right. with uh, are you using the stuff as opposed to just hey you know pay a lot and then uh, see if you use it and then we'll talk about it again once the renewal is up mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no I think that's interesting I like what you said around like a lot of it depends on the value it's not necessarily the price it's the value and where you're at in time like if you need to catch a flight for an emergency, you don't, I mean, you're kind of price insensitive at that point, right? Or you need your car fixed to go this, like you're not, it's not going to matter as much as if you have more time. So taking it out of context, I think is, is super interesting. Pretty much, pretty much. Okay. Yeah. And then I think, you know, obviously I want to talk a little about freemium models and so forth. Question Bro has a freemium model that, you know, Crystal, you helped put that together. Question Bro Essentials. Yeah, see, there you go. Uh, the so best feature-filled survey, free survey software on the market. See, there you go. Sign up today. Uh, <laughs> so where, where does where does like the freemium models fit into pricing research, and what are your thoughts there? Yeah, I, I have um, uh, you know strong views on on freemium. It's a great um, acquisition tool. So um, mm-hmm. you know, usually freemium after freemium comes premium. Um, and so you, you attract an audience with the free offering, brand exposure, you get some initial uh, clicks going, all of which is, is super helpful. But it, it, it's not really a pricing model. It really allows you to attract an audience um, because just mm. because they're willing to pay zero doesn't mean that tomorrow they're willing to pay, I don't know, a thousand. Um, right. And, right. and you, so you kind of haven't establish the value you know if it uh, well executed sort of uh, freemium strategy means a solid offering solid environment full exposure to whatever tools you select as part of that freemium uh good service experience exposure to the brand hopefully invite to the x day as well um in order to get a full you know exposure to what it can do but then there's the work required and that's still the pricing game to get them to pay for the stuff Mm -hmm. um and i think quite often 
people confuse a sort of free trial, which is the fully paid version, mm -hmm. uh, with a freemium, which is a subset of the full version. Um, different tools, different techniques, but uh, mm -hmm. either way, you can sort of play around with that. Um, I, I'm, a, I'm a big believer in freemium just because of that uh, easiest way to acquire an audience, right. but not a big believer in uh, freemium as a pricing strategy because Ooh. you pay exactly zero. <laughs> I like that. Dan, that sounds like a topic we need for our X day in the spring. I know. I was just thinking that. Like, there's so much to unpack there. Like, so actually, maybe you better need that. I'll be back. I'll be back. <laughs> like, don't don't be surprised if I hit you up in May and I'm like, oh, hello. <laughs> We're back. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. I would love to dive more into like when to use a freemium model, when to use free trial. Like, you know, mm -hmm. kind of what's better there. Maybe we can we can tease that as like a future future topic. Let's love do it. That. Let's do it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, hey, Axel, thanks so much for joining us today. If any, if there's any questions, feel free to reach out to Axel. I know he's on, he's active on LinkedIn. Reach out to me. I can always pass him along, but um, to Axel. But yeah, no, Axel, thanks so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having you, Dan. Nice job, uh, Crystal, moderating this, putting it together. And I hope, uh, I hope you have resolved all your bathroom break issues, Dan. I know. I, you know it's too Dan much so many times. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Hey, thanks, guys. thanks so much. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Bye. Bye, guys. Thanks so much for listening to the MRX Influencers Podcast. If you want more information about Question Pro, go to questionpro.com. If you want to follow me, feel free to do so on LinkedIn or Twitter. Until next time, we'll see you later. <laughs>